How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this. You know all year this has been my week. This next facing the Bill Belichick mastermind and then going into the Bible week with what he shows you. This is my time right here. So I'm just, I'm waiting for the game, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I know, Mike, that uh, this was the game that I had as a trap game on the schedule. And I know that you've been excited for it all year, too. So this is a big week for the for Cowboys Nation. Yeah, it's a it's a test. This this is this is a test. Bill Bill's a test. Absolutely. Well, Mike, before we get into it, where can we find you on Twitter? At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, here we are with episode five of Mike and I's series, Offsides. And to those who are new to the show, this is a series where Mike and I bring on a fan of the opposing team the Cowboys are playing that week. And this week we're playing the New England Patriots. And joining us today is writer and podcaster for NFL Draft Bible and Fan Nation, Mr. Eric Adams. Eric, how are you? I'm, I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, believe it or not, this is my first guest spot for for podcasting. So I'm wow. you're, you're busting my guest uh guest podcast cherry here tonight. I like that. Sweet. <laughs> I, that's surprising, man. Because I uh, you know when I would listen to you on podcast, you're a real polished speaker. I always thought that you were a well respected person, kind of there on, on fantasy Twitter, college Twitter. So to hear you say that this is your first guest appearance, I'm, that's shocking. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I definitely appreciate that. Glad glad somebody has that sentiment. Yes, sir. And, you know, Eric, uh, speaking of Twitter, where can we find you on Twitter? I am at the FF underscore taters, like the uh, the tater tots. So that is where I'm at. Are, are you a, a tater tot or onion rings, Eric? Toughest question of the show sheet. Tater tot or a what? Onion ring. Oh, uh, tater tot. Tater tot guy. Nice. I, I, I'm not mad at you for that. Are, but are you a big ranch guy with your tater tots? Um, uh, I never even really thought about ranch on tater tots. That could work. I could think, I could think that could work. I'm going to have to try that and get back to you. What's your, what's your top condiment with the tater tots? Uh, probably just ketchup. Probably yeah, just ketchup, ketchup and barbecue sauce. Hey, keeping yeah. it old school. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Here in the South, if it's fried, we're, we're eating it with ranch and we're, we're happy. I got you. So Eric, let's get into it, man. Were you upset about the, uh, the Stefan Gilmore trade? I like how you worded this question because <laughs> upset. Yeah. I mean, you, you lose a de- former defensive player of the year, uh, Super Bowl hero. You had the game clinching pick in uh, Super Bowl 53. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to feel pretty bad about getting traded. But the thing about New England, man, I've been watching this team for about 20 plus years now. Nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing catches me off guard anymore. In fact, after the Bucks game, I remember saying, I was like, wow, the secondary played pretty well in that game. Uh, you know, we don't even have Gilmore yet. And then I, it kind of came to me that the writing was on the wall there. I figured that Gilmore is probably not playing another snap. Fast forward to Tuesday, he's released. And then we pull him back and trade him for a six round pick. I, I thought the writing was on the wall for that. So upset. Yeah. But surprised. No, not at all. Hey, when you have a guy like JC Jackson, you, you know, your secondary is going to be pretty good, right? That is true. That is true. JC's uh, JC's balling. 
That's for hey, sure. Is JC uh, signed or is he still one year? Uh, one year. And I believe, I don't know if he's an unrestricted after this year, but I, if I had to, if I had to guess, he's probably not going anywhere, probably going to get either franchised or a long-term deal after this season. He, he deserves it. He's uh he's coming into his own for sure. Agreed. He's a beast. Uh, coach Belichick. He's notorious for, uh, taking away a team's best player, best weapon, right? So who do you think that he's going to target on Dallas as that guy that has to be taken away? Well, I, I definitely agree that he takes away the best player, but the problem with this game is when you got players like Dallas has on offense, it's kind of difficult to choose which one's the best player. You got Lamb, you got Cooper Schultz playing really well. Honestly, I think the best player on their offense playing right now outside of Dak, obviously is uh, Zeke. And I don't think, I think it's easier said than done to just fully take away a running back like that, especially with the way our rush defense has been playing. I don't think it's been playing that great or up to par yet. If I had to guess, I think they'll probably target Cooper. Uh, I think, I think Lamb's been a little more sporadic this year. They'll probably live with, I'm hoping Jalen Mills plays because if Jalen Mills doesn't play, let me tell you right now, guys, somebody's, somebody's going to eat on that offense. Somebody's going to be wide open because Jawan Williams is going to cover him and Jawan Williams is terrible. So if Mills plays, it'll be, it'll be the up to snuff defense that you're expecting from us. If Mills does not play, it's going to get ugly. They're, they're just going to be able to throw all day, but I'll say, I'll say Cooper. I think he's going to try to take away Cooper. Well, you know, let's just say Belichick decides to kind of flip, flip the script and he wants to take away our best defensive player. Could you see Belichick trying to uh, keep Mac, jo- Mac Jones from avoiding Trayvon Diggs? I hope Mac is smart enough to understand the type of year Trayvon Diggs is having. And I think <laughs> yeah. he is. I think he definitely understands that. Uh, look, whenever a guy's playing that well, on defense usually he's blanketing a guy it's not like you can really just completely go away from him if the if the, if the play calls to to go at him you got to go at him uh but i'm i'm hoping mac t- trends to stay stay away from that side of the field i i don't know who Diggs is going to cover to be honest uh did he he did he follow tony the whole game last last week he was on Galladay at first, and when Galladay got went out with his knee injury, then he, he switched, switched to Tony. over to Tony. All right, yeah. So I'd, I'd imagine he's probably going to end up being on uh, Jacoby Myers. I don't know if he'll travel with him. They might just lock him down on the side of the field, but I'd imagine Myers is the guy he's going to go after. And that's the case. I mean, Myers is really kind of the safety blanket for, My, uh, for Mac in terms of who the wide receiver is, so – We'll see. I, I hope Mac does avoid Trayvon Diggs because I know has, does he have a pick in every game this season? And yes. two and one. He has six yes. and five games. Jesus. Mac's been pretty good protecting the ball, but that's that's frightening. That's frightening to think about. Uh, let me ask you. So thinking about both sides of the ball, right? You've yes. got your strength, the New England defense against Dallas's strength, the offense, or New England's weaker point their offense against Dallas's weaker point, their defense. Which one are you more comfortable with uh, uh, New England winning, do you think? Um, that's, a, that's a fantastic question because 
I don't think their defense – I think their defense has put together some some really solid games so far, but I don't think it's played up to its potential just yet. I still think we're getting there. In terms of the offense, I think the offense is coming along and they're starting to gain an identity, but they don't have it yet. Uh, which one Which one I'm more confident and comfortable with? I'm really not comfortable going against this offense. I think Dallas is one of the most unstoppable offenses in the league right now. I think they're one of one of three or four that are just. Re- I don't. I don't really know how to how to how to defend that. Uh, the way we defended Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay doesn't have a running game. You know, we we allowed them to do whatever they want on the ground. We'll let you beat us like that. If we let Dallas do that, Zeke's going to have 200 yards. So. I, uh, I'm going to surprisingly say the offense. I, Mac has been operating the offense pretty well so far, especially for a rookie. Uh, I know Diggs is a really good player. I know Randy Gregory's having a hell of a year. I know uh, you guys have some real studs developing on the defense. I think what you're doing with Parkinson's is, is awesome. But I definitely think we'll be able to move the ball, so I, I guess I'll be more comfortable with the offense just because – that that your that Dallas offense is is frightening right now. So, you know, kind of sticking with the offense here, Dallas kind of has a, a pick your poison type of offense. But when you look at the Patriots, who, in your opinion, is the top weapon on the offense? You know, I was going to say Jacoby Myers when I first looked at the the show sheet here, but I'm going to tell you right now, the the chemistry that Hunter Henry and Mac are developing right now, Hunter Henry's the guy. He is. He's starting to really come along. He's probably their best receiver at the moment. Um, I don't know if you guys will choose to cover him with a linebacker or safety. Whoever it is, that's uh, that's that would be the focal point for me for the Dallas defense. If you take away Hunter Henry, I think they're going to struggle. I think we'll have a tough day. He terrifies me, Hunter Henry. We're not he's doing a- good. Oh, he's 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 we're not great against tight ends and running backs, and he's terrifying. He is a very good player. <laughs> he is a very, very good player. On uh, on the offensive side, how come you guys uh, – why do you think it's so difficult for some players, like even veterans who have been around a long time, to pick up this New England offense? Man, if I had the answer to that question, <laughs> <laughs> I do not understand why. we there. Some people come in to this offense and – you know, it, it can click. Uh, Brandon Lloyd, for example, I thought Brandon Lloyd just came in. He picked it up like that. I thought Brandon LaFell did a good job picking it up. And then you got some guys who just, they'll spend four years, five years over a contract trying to figure it out. And they have no clue. They have no clue what to do. Um, they ask a lot of their wide receivers, their wide receivers, it's just, it's just a difficult offense, man. I, I don't, I don't have the answer for that. I wish I knew. I really, I really wish I knew. You know, kind of, you know, a follow-up question too, though, with the lack of success in the past by veteran and rookie wide receivers, do you think it's time to maybe consider a change in offensive coordinator? I don't want to pile on Josh too much. I, I feel like, I feel like Josh is the most critiqued uh, coach 
possibly in the in the league every every week with uh, us New England fans. He's he's doing at least three to five plays where we're like, Josh, what in the world was that play? You're gonna see us do a toss play this weekend that goes for like negative three yards, and it might happen like three or four times. That's the play I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> with that said, I know especially with it being a difficult offense to learn. I know they've said in the past, you know, we're trying to simplify a little bit more and that's great and all, but they've, they've had enough to success to the point where I I do give Josh the benefit of the doubt when he's in his bag, man. And he can, he can dial up one of the more impressive trick plays you'll ever see. Uh, We usually dial up at least two to three a game that make you go, wow, that was pretty impressive. So I, I don't think it's time to consider a change at offense coordinator, but uh, with that said, I would love for somebody to come and hire him as a head coach because I do not want him to be the guy who replaces Belichick. That's just not, not what I want. Definitely don't want him being the heir apparent. Uh, if it is, well, then I'm going to, I'm going to turn into you, you guys see Rob Lowe with that NFL hat at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's going to be me. That's going to be me. If uh, Josh McDaniels becomes the head coach of the Patriots. I'm just going to root for the good old NFL then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Through five games, you've seen Mac Jones now play against some different teams, home, away, everything. Give us kind of a breakdown. What do you like from Mac Jones so far? What do you think he needs to improve on the most? What I like the most about Mac is he does the little things that other rookie quarterbacks are not doing. He does the little things really well. And uh, it's funny because you, you go on you go on Twitter, you try to read comments on any tweet that shows a, a statistic that makes Mac look good. I know that people drum up the completion percentage and people will be like, oh, well, he's just checked down Charlie's, just throwing flats and, and screen passes. And that's why it's all that high. I'll tell you right now, Zach Wilson – would have been not as laughed at as much if he learned to throw a check down every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Mac just does little things like that really well. I think he moves in the pocket pretty well too. And I'm not talking like running wise. I'm talking sliding in the pocket, avoiding pressure, uh, buying time for himself. I think he's just, he's very polished for a rookie quarterback. And I, I appreciate seeing that um, in terms of what he has to improve on. Uh, I think he's still, I, this really can go for any rookie quarterback. He has to understand when a window is going to close, he'll likely try to fit a, a ball into a window that would be not closed in college. And in the NFL, it closes a lot quicker. So that's one thing I would like for him to, to improve on, but he's been very impressive. He's you'll see it on Sunday. He, he plays quarterback well like he has us Patriots fans feeling pretty good Trayvon Diggs likes that window thing yeah <laughs> I hope he knows uh the the normal window closes quickly and with Trayvon Diggs it closes twice as fast so Shucks. I hope Mac understands that yeah you know you look you look at the Patriots coaching staff and you have the pieces there to to be successful we we, we know the success that they've had and you, you're talking about Mac and how he's kind of a bit more polished than your typical rookie wide receiver. And we know the success that the defense is having this year kind of being the backbone of the team. But when you look at the offense, do the Patriots have the players on the offense to, to make the playoffs this year? I definitely think they do have the players on offense to make the playoffs. 
I think they'll be in the hunt for the wild card. They're not catching Buffalo. Buffalo's the best team in the AFC right now. Buffalo might be the best team in the NFL right now. Uh, but I definitely think they can push for, you know, what's seven, there's seven playoff teams. I think, I think by the, by December rolls around, I think we could look at them as one of the better seven teams in the AFC. Uh, do I think they'll make it to the playoffs? Probably not. They'll probably be one of the first eliminated or one of the last eliminated, I guess. But as in terms of, do they have the players to make it on offense? I, I definitely think they do. I, I like their players on offense. I think Kendrick Bourne has been a great signing. I think Jacoby Myers is a good wide receiver. Um, what needs to happen on offense? Their offensive line needs to come to play. Their offensive line has been terrible four out of five games. And oddly enough, the one game they weren't terrible was last week when they were missing four starters. So I don't know what's up with the offensive line. The moment the offensive line starts playing well, that's when I think the offense will, will really perform up to expectation. I have a little side question because in New England, you've been so used to like Super Bowl or bust basically did you go into this year like, oh, yeah, we could win if things broke? Or was it kind of like, okay, we got a rookie going now, Mac Jones. You know, we got it. We're, we're not that we can't compete, but we are kind of in a rebuild. We're not going for a Super Bowl right now this year. The, the wise Patriots fans that I talk to understand that we're, we're in, a, in a rookie quarterback season and we're about a year away. Uh, it's... I think the main thing we want to take away from this season, and I, it's looking pretty good at this right now. The main thing we want to take away right now is that we know that Mac can be the guy going forward. I don't want to sit in QB hell for the next 10 years. All right. Ask the Jets how hard it is to find a quarterback. Ask, ask the Bears how hard it was to find a quarterback for Justin Fields. I don't want to go through that. So we just wanted to know that Mac can be the guy going forward. And I, I think we have, I think we're close to having the answer to that question. He's been, He's been very good. All right. That, that helps the next question. I wanted to know that because it's, it's harder in new England because you guys win so much, but now that I know that you're kind of like, well, we're not going to be getting a super bowl this year. Would beating Brady have been like a, all right, this, this season was a success. Knowing Mac Jones is Mac Jones. The other thing is we beat Brady. I wanted that game so bad. <laughs> I wanted that game so bad, man. Uh, I'm glad I'm, I'm proud of the way they played. Uh, if they got, if they had gotten, I saw so many people, they're like, Oh, the Patriots are terrible. They're going to lose by like 21. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, if we win this game, I'm going to pull the receipts and it's going <laughs> to, it's going to get ugly on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if I could, I don't, I can't, I can't look at a season as a success. If we just beat that one team, even if it is Tom and the bucks, I, if we went one in 16, I'm not looking at that season as a success. That would, that'd be pretty bad, but uh, I get, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. We wanted, we wanted that one bad. We wanted that one bad. It, it stung, but at least they played well. Yes. Speaking of Brady, what was it like watching him win a Super Bowl with a different team? tell you a little story here this is my favorite question on the sheet uh i'm not one of those patriots fans that's like groaning about oh man i what are we doing why why is he gone well, it's terrible it i'm i'm glad tom left like our team was awful last year our team was bottom five in the league in terms of talent all right the fact that we went seven and nine last year is a testament to what bill belichick can do with the team uh, I wanted Tom to, I want Tom to win as many Super Bowls as possible here. And 
in the 20 years that I've watched this team with Tom on it, you know, nobody ever went, oh, well, Belichick just has great players. Uh, it, you know, he's just a system coach or whatever. You know what I had to listen to for 20 years? Tom Brady is a, is a system QB, a dink and dunk quarterback. His arm's not that great. Here's what he can't do that Rodgers and Holmes and all those other guys can do. I had to listen to that for 20 years. So when he won the Super Bowl last year, I looked at every single person that told me that he's a system quarterback, and I'm like, serves you right. I hope you understand how stupid that sentiment is because that is that is the GOAT right there. That is the greatest football player of all time, and there's no doubting it now. So I was, I was very happy to see Tom win that Super Bowl. It also helps that they were facing the Chiefs because I had some people that are like, oh, who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? I'm like – the Chiefs are the team that are trying to take down what we built. I don't. I don't want the Chiefs to win. I definitely want to see the guy who won six Super Bowls with us win another one. So there's there's no ill will towards Brady. Were you happy with the choice of Belichick over Brady, though? Yes, Belichick builds the team. <laughs> Belichick builds the team. Uh, he can build towards the future. He he can, regardless of what people seem to think about his roster management and GM skills, I think Bill's a pretty decent GM. I think he finds a lot of diamonds in the rough. He works with what he can, what he can work with. You know, they're, they usually don't have a high draft pick. We'll see how that works out this year, but uh, Bill, Bill builds the team. Tom would have been a 43 year old quarterback. And I, as funny as the jokes are that he might play till 50 and those are starting to look like they're not jokes. Uh, I, I, it was time. It was definitely time to move on. I would, I'd rather keep Belichick and try to build the roster. Great answer. Well, what is your favorite Tom Brady memory? Uh, probably Super Bowl 49. Super Bowl 49 was the chair, the turning point. And I'm about to I'm about to make it for everyone who listened to this podcast and probably you guys too. Uh, probably probably going to make a lot of people hate me for what I'm about to say. Uh, ten years, man, <laughs> going ten years without a Super Bowl like that that weighed on us quite a bit. It was bad. He had three really quickly, and we're like, oh man, he could really be the best quarterback of all time. And we have those two terrible Super Bowl losses. I'm very sorry, you guys being Cowboys fans. We allowed the Giants to get those two. Not great. And Eagles. And the, oh my God, you I completely, we don't talk about that one. Uh, they, <laughs> they sold their soul to the devil to win that Super Bowl. That's, that's neither here nor there, but uh, Super Bowl 49 winning that one. It's funny that I say Super Bowl 49 because the, the best memory wasn't even Tom on the field. It was Malcolm Butler picking it, but that, that game's my best Tom Brady memory. Cause everything after that was icing on the cake. That, that game made him the goat. So I'll say 49. And that was the uh, that was the they didn't give it to Marshawn Lynch at the one yard line one. Yeah, yes, sir. I, I was making sure, making sure. Thank you, Pete Carroll. Yeah, you know, I think you guys might have potentially ruined the dynasty with that victory there too. What? What? You you guys, I think, might have ruined the dynasty. Uh, oh. With that, with that play, with that win. I think we ruined the Seahawks dynasty. I think we ruined the Eagles dynasty because they thought they would win a couple. I think we ruined, <laughs> we're doing a pretty good job of ruining the Chiefs dynasty. At least Tom is. Uh, we've ruined a couple dynasties over the years. So <laughs> that's fun. That's nice to that's nice to think about. 
All right, Eric. So I got to hopefully today you can uh, or Sunday you can start us building towards our dynasty. <laughs> hey, man, I, I love Dak. I would like to see it. I, I really am a Dak fan. Can I ask you guys a question before we get to the, the next question? Of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was the deal with all these Cowboys fans who don't like Dak Prescott over the years? It, I don't know if you guys were with him, but like there's I feel like Dak's biggest detractors were Cowboys fans. I don't understand that. Absolutely right. What's reason one, Paul? There's two reasons. What's the first one? Uh, cause he replaced Romo. Correct. The first one is because he replaced Romo. The other one is a little bit more sensitive and, uh, and a little bit, uh, towards the, uh, the, uh, you know, he isn't the same as, uh, Danny white. <laughs> Emphasis I, get what name. I get what you're saying there. Yeah. Uh, the first one, especially I know. Yeah. You guys worship Romo. I get that, but I, I, I don't mean, get it. I love Romo. I love Tony Romo. I do not hate Dak because I love Tony Romo. Yeah, I, it has never, has never made sense. That argument has never made sense to me. It blows my mind, and it is an absolute fact. People, they fight. I mean, they'll take wins over Dak. They, they, Andy Dalton, uh, you name it. The, you name the guy. They, there's a guy. We call him Eric Roths. Because there's a guy on Twitter named Eric Roth, and I swear to God, he's named every single young quarterback that was going to be better than that, and just jinxed him. Josh Rosen, Drew Locke. You you can go down Teddy Bridgewater. Any young quarterback that had a chance of being good, he would say he's going to be better. Why would they want Dak? They have that guy, and the guy would be trash or on a different team within two seasons. It's It blows my mind. You know, Eric, I, I spent a lot of nights fighting fighting Dak to the death, saying that he's a franchise quarterback. And it got to a point to where I could never have a like an intelligent conversation with anybody because it always resorted to, to being called names and everything. And again, this is with other so-called Cowboys fans that I just decided to retire from the from the Dak as a good good quarterback debate. And it's just been quite quite a uh, awesome, um, I, I guess you could say, story to to, to see unfold you know, as the years have passed. I, I appreciate, I'm glad, I'm glad you guys have some reason, man. I've seen those debates. I'm like, this, this guy is incredible. This guy's a top five quarterback in the league. And you're really just trying to throw all these other schmoes at me with, with this. It doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense at all. The moment, the moment Romo got hurt in the preseason, I'm like, Dak's never given this job back. This guy is, is incredible. And what should have been the tipping point, you won a playoff game in his first season. It, it took I did Romo Romo won one playoff game, right? Yeah, I think he won one, maybe two. He beat Detroit, right? Yeah, he, he beat, beat uh, he beat Detroit and he beat Philly one year. All yeah. right. So he got he Dak gets halfway there in one year, and Cowboys fans are still holding on. I get it. Like I, I like Romo too, but come on. Like I would I would have been so quickly onto the Dak train. But you know what's oh. sad is that when Romo was quarterback. People hated Romo because of the turnovers and all the late games. Swear to God. People hated Romo too. It never made turnover sense. Tony. Turnover yes. Tony. Uh uh Tony turnover, turnover Tony. Tony uh, Cabo. Yeah. Tony Cabo. God, like that. Uh, it it it's sometimes the thing about it, Eric, is and you know this a lot too, because you've won a lot, maybe not to 
the extent of Dallas, but you're the Patriots fan base. When you win, it gets really big. When you have a fan base that large, like Cowboys fans are everywhere. And, and when you have one that large, you're just going to have a segment that's, that's nuts. And you, you just got to hit the mute button. I, I 100% understand that. 100% understand that. Luckily, uh, at probably at least a third of our fan base went down to Tampa Bay. So that's good. Yeah. At, least, at least those ones left. So, you know, I'd like to ask you the year that, uh, that, uh, excuse me, that Brady went down week one towards ACL and Matt Castle came in and went 11 and five, where they're, you know, Patriots fans saying, hey, you know, we should get rid of Tom Brady, trade Tom Brady and, and stick with Castle, you know, trying to say that he's, he's a cheaper contract, you know, the system and everything. <laughs> I'm sure there were people uh, that definitely broached the subject. Uh, fortunately, I don't, I don't even know if Twitter was a thing right back then. Uh, I definitely, I wasn't on Twitter at that point. Right. Yeah, me neither. If, if Twitter was a thing, oh, that would have been a dumpster fire argument. Let me tell yeah. you right now, Ugh. that would have been real bad. I probably, uh, I probably would have logged on to Twitter and then logged off forever. If that was, <laughs> that, that might've been the grossest. That might be the grossest conversation ever. If somebody tried to convince you yeah. to go Matt Castle cheap. <laughs> It's funny that you bring it up because after all, like I used to be like, man, uh, that was such a great season going 11 and five after thinking it was done in week one. It really wasn't that great when you realize we went from a 16 and 0 team to an 11 and five team. That's a five win difference with Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. If Tom Brady plays that year, they're probably like 13 and three, 14 and two. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely a step back. So. I'm glad. I'm glad we held on to Brady. I think that was the correct decision. Yeah, it might have been a smart move. Well, you yeah, know, you know there have been, dude. Bart Scott's still on TV after he said they should have Teddy Bridgewater over Dak. So you know somebody would have been on saying, "Yeah, man, Matt Castle, he could do it." Oh God, shoot me in the head. I don't know why Bart Scott and Rex Ryan have jobs with ESPN. I do know why they have jobs with ESPN. Their ESPN kind of trash, but I I despise those two guys. And I really do not admire their opinions. Sorry, if they listen to this podcast, I don't know if they do. Who knows? Uh, Shout out Bart Scott. They, <laughs> hey, they would already hate us. I'm, oh, I, I am a coach, coach Ryan fan because I love the Ryan family. But as an analyst, Bart Scott and Rex Ryan, nah, dude, not good. I, I like Rex when he talks about anything not involving the Patriots because he has such a vendetta against Belichick. Of course, he hates such him. a vendetta against them. Well, you know, Eric, as we're, as we're getting close to wrapping things up, well, what's your score prediction for this week's game? All right, like I said, man, I, if, if we get some of these injured guys back and we can play up to the potential I think we can, I think we can keep it close, and I'll say my score prediction is 27 to 20. Uh, if some of these guys don't play and we play like we did against the Saints and uh, against uh, Houston – your guys are going to blow us out by two touchdowns. I'll say 27, 20 though. I, th I think we'll show up. I think we understand the magnitude of the game. This is a very good team coming in. I think we'll, I think we'll get up for it. Michael, no, no, I'm, not you? Saying I'm saying 27, 20 Cowboys. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not saying, I don't think we'll win. I think you guys are cut above right now. Uh, if this was later in the season, I would feel better about our chances because we, the Patriots really build towards the end of the season and get better as we go along here. Uh, being week six, mid-October, we're, we're not where we need to be just yet. Mike, how about you? 
Uh, I have it. I This man, you know, my, I, I have a respect for Bill Belichick, Eric, that probably rivals yours. I love great coaches. It's my, it's my favorite thing about sports is great coaches. And I think he's going to come out and do something that is just going to baffle us for a little bit. It, it just is. And, and our, and our defense isn't elite enough to where I'm like, well, they're going to shut down whatever. So I think the game is going to be closer um, than, than, than I think like people that, that just look at it Madden overall wise, instead of thinking about strategy and like, we're not great against tight ends and running backs. Well, what do you guys throw to the best tight ends and running backs? So I think there's going to be th- stuff that give us trouble. I think it's going to be a lot of field goal games. I do think Dallas wins in the end. They get a score at the end to kind of pull away. I have it 26-16 Dallas, but I think it's going to be real, real close till maybe the start to the middle of the fourth quarter, and then Dallas will kind of put it away. Yeah, you know, uh, this game is is one that I think could, could really kind of humble the Cowboys and send us into the bye week, you know, thinking about a lot of things. Uh, that being said, I think it's going to be a, a bit of a low-scoring affair. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go 21 to to 10 Dallas. I like that, Eric. You know, I I've said this on the podcast many times. Paul knows that we talk about it after. I normally am a bye week around week 10 to 13 guy, but I this is my favorite bye week I've ever had because being able to see what Bill Belichick is going to do to us. And then instead of the next team getting it and going, okay, look, look how we can stop them. Look what they did. Let's copy that. We're going to get a full bye week to go in and go, look what this smart ass did and how friggin' brilliant he is. Now, how do we stop other teams from doing this and catching us with this? So I love this bye week because it's like, it's like going into this master teachers like thing who gives you a lesson for free. You hope you get the win out of it still, you know, but you're going to get this free lesson going into the bye week to go. The smartest guy in the world tried to stop us like this. How do we counteract that? I'm, I'm really, this is my favorite week of the season for Dallas. That's a very, very good point. That is a very, very smart way to look at that. I we'll we'll put something on tape about how you could attack Dallas. And like you said, they they can improve upon that try to get better during the bye week. That's a very good point. Because Mike Zimmer's coming up next. And mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer's a damn smart coach too, and he's going to watch that film. Now you got a week to go. Here's how we counter it. I, I love it. And you know what's going to happen is if we if we were to lose, Dak's not going to have a bye week. He's going to watch film and be like, okay, this is what they did. This is how I can beat it. You know, him and Kellen, Dan, it's just going to be – it's not going to be a, a an off week for anybody. Yeah. I almost, uh, I almost picked against Dallas. The reason I didn't is because I think it's going to motivate them that they've never, that they haven't beaten them since like Jerry Jones has been the owner. I don't think Jerry Jones has ever beaten. Oh yeah. 96. He did. He's never beat them in new England though. Jerry Jones has never won a game there as an owner. It was 80, 1986 or something last time they did it. And Jerry Jones bought the team in 89. So I think that's going to be motivating. Like Dak wants to win one in New England. It's like a another notch, you know, mm-hmm. prove yourself. You know, this might sound strange, but if I were, if we were to lose a game, I, I imagine we'll lose more than more than just one. But if we were to lose one, I, I think it, I'd want it to be this week. You know. Yeah, you, you never get 
It's Belichick. He's he's he is the best. Like he said, Tom Brady is the best. So's Bill Belichick. You know, they're just they're amazing. I'm kind of curious, Eric. I mean, you know, if the Patriots were to beat the Cowboys as hot as we are, I mean, that could kind of get you guys over the hump and, and help you guys figure some things out too, no? Our fan base, and I'm sure the Patriots inside that building definitely understand the the level of competition, the level of talent coming in right now. It it really could be a building block game. It could be a game that goes a long way towards uh towards showing that they have something going in the right direction here. So that is kind of what I'm holding on to here. I don't know if that's fortune cookie wisdom or not, but <laughs> I I definitely I definitely see a really good football team right now. I don't think there you can make an argument nobody's as hot as Dallas right now. So I I and with the way we played last week as well, uh, we usually have a pretty decent bounce back effort when we play like crap. So I I think we'll be able to come to play this week. I really hope so. Because that's that that Saints game, the way they played against Houston. If if that's what shows up this week, man, y'all could probably hang forty on us. So I hope they bring the effort for sure. You know, Eric, you mentioned you mentioned fortune cookie and pre roll. We were talking about how you you like to bake as a hobby. Is there a you know if when the Patriots win a, a good game, is there like a a certain cookie you like to make to celebrate? Oof. I that has not been a thing, but I think I will. I think I will take that into consideration now. I think I am going to start baking if they if they win a game. Uh, I I don't have a particular cookie to make, but I'll have to I'll have to look up what cookies are popular in New England. I don't know. I, I live in New England. I should probably know that. So uh, I'll I'll look up what cookie is uh, popular most popular in New England and maybe learn how to make that. That's a good point. What, what uh, would you say is your specialty? Um. Oof, specialty. I have a great sugar cookie cookie recipe, and you can do mm. so much with that. Like I, uh, I make uh, Italian ricotta cookies, mm. and I know how to make the glaze, and I put that on everything now. Like I could, I could, uh, <laughs> I could put it on the sugar cookies, add some sprinkles, get really creative with it. I, I have this recipe for like Norwegian butter cookies, is what they're called, and they're oh, basically okay. just like sugar cookie bars. Just put a put a bunch of sprinkles on those. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, well now now I'm hungry, so that's good. Me too. Me too. Sugar, sugar cookies, my little sister's favorite. All right, Eric. While we're getting you hot, while we're getting you out of here, just let the people know where, where we can find any of your articles, podcasts, and or YouTube channels. All right, articles can be found on si.com/nfl/draft, and uh, my podcast, The Dynasty Draft Room, can be found on Spotify, Podbean. Apple podcast under the NFL draft Bible podcast network powered by fan nation sports illustrated. Uh, yeah. Give us a review. Give us a, a listen. we got some, uh, some fun stuff going on over there. And remind the people where they can find you on Twitter, sir. At the FF underscore taters like the potato. Mike, let the people know where we can find you on Twitter, sir. Just so you know, Eric, I listened to the draft Bible. I'm subscribed to it uh, on my Apple podcast. And I, I know the voice now, but it was funny that I was like, man, draft Bible. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, should I listen to that podcast all the time? So, yeah, you guys, I've been able to write a lot on Cowboys Wire, stealing a little bit of your information. So I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, that's that's what we're there for. That's what we're there for. That's great. Uh, at CD Piglet, guys, letter C, letter D, Piglet, nice and easy. Guys, again, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us and we'll see you guys next week.